oh, I hate the fact I've got to do a video about this, but the Seahawks have got to be more like the Niners. So the big takeaway from the Seahawks' loss to the Las Vegas Raiders was the defense has gone back to being terrible again. They gave up nearly 600 total yards. They gave up nearly 300 rushing yards alone. Josh Jacobs, the running back, had over 300 total yards in the game. It was a total mess, and it was reminiscent of what we saw against the Falcons, what we saw against the Saints, and what we saw against the Lions. And it's concerning for the here and now, and it's concerning for the future as well, because the Seahawks have somewhat committed to a Vic Fangio-style defense, and they want to run this scheme, and they brought in Clint Hurt, who's got history in the Fangio scheme. They brought in Sean Desai, who was the defensive coordinator in Chicago last year. Again, that is they were running the Vic Fangio defense. And when I'm watching the Seahawks play this kind of scheme, I'm, I'm thinking this isn't the right scheme to have, quite frankly. And, and look, a few weeks ago, I did a stream with Jeff Simmons and suggested that running the Vic Fangio scheme without the man himself ain't going to work. There's, there's a lot of examples across the league of teams trying to copy what Vic Fangio does and failing. And Brandon Staley is probably the best, the biggest and best example of that with the LA Chargers. And the Seahawks are not creating a Vic Fangio defense. When you think of Fangio, you think of big production on defense, pass rush, blitzing, creativity, a defense that is really tough to break down. Are we seeing any of that with the Seahawks? Of course we're not. They're giving up too many yards, too many plays, no pass rush, can't defend the run. It's a mess. And then I have a look on Football Outsiders and have a look at, you know, who, who are the t top teams for defense, according to DVOA? And it's illuminating because you see at number four, the fourth best defense in the NFL right now, the New York Jets, coached by Robert Sala. The fifth best defense in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, essentially running the Robert Sala defense. Now, Robert Sala used to be a coach in Seattle. You know, a lot of his background is from the Pete Carroll style of defense. It's not going to be completely identical, but it's very, very similar. It's that DNA. And the Jets are fourth overall on defense and the Niners are fifth overall, running a scheme that is very similar to what the Seahawks used to run. And guess who the number one DVOA defense is in the league? Dan Quinn and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, yeah, I accept that the Cowboys have got Micah Parsons and they've got some other pieces. And that is probably why they're number one on, on DVOA. I understand that the Jets have got Quinn and Williams. That's probably why they're number four. The, the Niners have got... Nick Bosa, that's probably why they're number five. Talent matters, but they're running a scheme that is a lot closer to the Pete Carroll defense than the Vic Fangio defense. And the, and the Buffalo Bills, again, they're, they're a 4-3 defense. They're the third best defense in the NFL this year, and they don't have one of those game-wrecking pass rushes necessarily. So for me, the evidence is, is that the Fangio scheme is very hard to replicate unless you actually appoint Vic Fangio. And the idea of Vic Fangio and Pete Carroll working together is about as likely as me getting a late call up to the England World Cup squad. It ain't going to happen. So what do the Seahawks do from here? And I think this is really important because I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter, on the internet saying, hey, you know, you've got a load of picks coming up. Just spend all those picks on defense and everything will be okay. That the big thing is a talent injection. That if you just draft a game wrecker, it ain't as easy as that. You know, is there a game wrecker in this class? I really like Jalen Carter. He has had some game wrecking moments for Georgia, but he has two sacks in 10 games and five TFLs in 10 games. That is not game-wrecking production for a dominant Georgia team who are often sort of able to tee off on opponents who are overmatched. You know, if he's a true, true game-wrecker, you would think he'd have a bit more production than that. And I know he's had a few injuries, but still. And then Will Anderson. Will Anderson is about 20 to 30 pounds lighter than the Bosa brothers and Miles Garrett. You know, he's a 243-pound outside linebacker slash edge which is the type of player the Seahawks have already got. 
And if you bring him in, yeah, you know, he's got a lot of potential. You can justify taking him. He's a very good player. He was fantastic last year. He's had a disappointing 2022 season. But I can't help but have this really bad feeling that the Seahawks should draft Will Anderson. And he'd just be having the same issues that Boya Maffei's having and Daryl Taylor's having. And at times, you generally know who's having. They just get caught up in the wash. Because this scheme, it almost feels like you, I mean, I'm not an X's and O's guy. I'm not going to claim to be. I have not got expertise to break down what are the issues with this defense. That, that's not me. That's not what I do. But when I watch the Seahawks, it almost feels like they don't play with edge rushers. It's almost like they've got three, four guys in the middle who are kind of just hand fighting with the offensive linemen. And then your edge rushers are just basically playing like linebackers. I, I'm not drawn. My eyes are not drawn to the edge rush when I'm watching the Seahawks opponents on offense. And that's very different to when I'm watching college football. And, you know, you just, you just notice what's happening off the edge a lot more. When the Seahawks, it doesn't even feel like they're attacking the edge. So you can draft Will Anderson and put him in there. Is he just going to be, like I say, another, is he a two-sack guy like Boya has been this year? Boya is a good pass rusher. And we ain't seen any of that really this year. He's, he's doing too many other things. And uh, yeah, and it's just not working. The scheme's not working for Daryl Taylor. He's massively regressed. Yichenor and Wosu flashes, but he's not a consistent force off the edge. It's, it's a real problem, this. And I'm just not sure that this is the scheme to be rolling with here. And when you sort of look at the Niners and you look at the Jets and you can see how they're productive, you know, for me, if you are going to draft a defensive player, in the top five. And look, it's increasingly likely that the Seahawks are going to have a top five pick. Thank you, Denver, for that. Big thank you. Big thanks to, to the Broncos uh, for delivering that beautiful, beautiful potential top five pick. But if you are going to get one of those picks, and if you are going to draft a quarterback, if you are going to draft a defensive lineman, if it is going to be Jalen Carter, if it is going to be Will Anderson, I think you've got to consider going back to a, a, you know, a more traditional Pete Carroll defense. And that doesn't mean that you are overly conservative. You can be creative within that, that they have to be, they have to find ways to create pressure, but I'd, I'd like to see them if they are going to draft a, you know, a stud defensive lineman, if that is what they intend to do with what that top five pick to go back to what they know best, to go back to a front four, to have somebody who can actually rush the passer off the edge, to have people who can maybe rush from the interior to, to have it sort of a more obvious style and just try and master that. So that if nothing else, you can defend the run and you're not giving up 300 rushing yards. If nothing else, you can create a little bit of pressure off the edge. You know, back in the day when the Seahawks had a shell of a roster in 2010, they still had Chris Clemens who could rush the edge. And I know that a lot of sort of Pete Carroll's schemes and his way of doing things, you know, teams have spent years trying to, to combat that and work around it. And look, the defense when they played this scheme under Ken Norton wasn't very good and was easy to play against. So I'm not suggesting that it's just a cure-all to go back to what Pete Carroll does. But I think if you are talking about injecting talent through the draft and then finding a complementary scheme to work with this, I think you've got to go back to that. I don't think you can use the Vic Fangio defense unless you are going to go out and appoint Vic Fangio in the offseason, which I've said they ain't going to do. And just a reminder, the, within the top five defenses in the league, Dan Quinn's Cowboys, number one, Robert Sala's Jets, number four, and the Niners are number five. I think you've got to copy these teams. You've got to go and do What are they doing well? And you've got to go and do it. And yes, that does mean adding more talent. But it also means having a look at the schemes and the systems that they're running and rolling with that. And, and I'm afraid this Vic Fangio idea, I was a big fan of it in the summer. I could understand it. I could get behind it. I think it was worth a try. I'm not going to have a go at the Seahawks for giving this a bash. I think it was a definitely a sound idea. The thought process was all correct. It just hasn't worked. And rather than double down on this, and as we sat here in a year's time talking about the same things, talking about a defense that can't do anything again, which, you know, this is the case this year with a few exceptions when they played some bad teams, maybe. Increasingly, it looks like that was a mirage when the defense turned a corner. It was just, hey, we're playing a dysfunctional Cardinals twice. And, you know, we've, we've had a chance to play the Chargers at the lowest ebb. 
and, and, and the Giants who are maybe being found out a little bit here. You know, maybe that's the reason why the defence turned the corner rather than anything else, rather than this scheme actually clicking into place. It ain't working right now. So, yeah, my opinion is just just have a look. What, what is Robert Sala doing well for the Jets? What, what are the Niners doing well? What is Dan Quinn doing well? Do that. Copy them. It's okay. You know, it's, it's better. I always feel like if you make a mistake, it's best just to front up, admit the mistake, and move on. I wish they'd done that with Jamal Adams. You know, this is what I was saying after the, the after his first season in Seattle. I know he had the nine sacks, but he just didn't fit. You know, nothing seemed, it, it was an ill fit for player and for team. And they doubled down by paying him, and now they're lumbered with that contract. They should have just accepted, this ain't right. We need to get out of this. So we'll franchise him for that second year and see how it goes. And then they could have just let him go or they could have traded him or whatever and, and done whatever they needed to do. They could have moved on from that, but they doubled down. They doubled down on a mistake. Don't double down on this mistake, I'm afraid. If it means that you have to move on from someone like Sean Desai or even Clint Hurt, if it means you have to go and get somebody else, it, I don't know. Whatever, this, this defense, I'm just not buying it. I'm not, I'm, I don't think they're going to be able to turn the corner. I think if they, if they, even if we see a few improved results, I'm not sure this is the system to stick with. I'm not sure that a Fangio-less Fangio defense is going to work. What I am seeing is the productive defense is in the league right now. Dan Quinn's running it, Robert Sala's running it, and Robert Sala's ex-team are running it. Maybe the Seahawks need to go back to that if they're going to make this work. And if you are going to have a big defensive draft, if you're going to take, you know, you've got four picks in the first two rounds. If three of those are going to be on defense, let's say, or two of them are going to be on defense, let's use a scheme that can make the most of those players coming in. Let's not force this because right now, this ain't working for me and I can't see it getting a lot better. We're too far down the season now to be seeing stuff like we saw against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, they're probably going to do all right against the Rams. Who like Everybody's injured for the Rams. Everybody's out for the Rams. So they're probably going to beat them. And they've got a few other easy games coming up where they should be okay. But there's some other games where they're going to get, I mean, my word, Christmas Eve against the Chiefs. Whew, watch out for that if they don't get a turn, if they don't turn a corner between now and Christmas Eve. So yeah, I, for me, you have to go back to sort of what Pete knows. You have to go back to sort of these defences and you have to build your structure and uh, around sort of what Robert Sala and what Dan Quinn are doing and just copy them. You know, just spend the off-season watching what they're doing and let's, let's just sort of do that. Get more talent in there. Let's try and recreate that. Yet yeah, we're not going to have a Bosa necessarily. We're not going to have a Quinn and Williams. Maybe we can get somebody who can at least provide some some dynamism, either interior or exterior. Maybe you can go and draft Will Anderson and then go and get a defensive tackle. You know that they've got the number sixteen pick now. That could be a Brian Brasile. Maybe that's where you take a, a punt on him. Or you, I really like Kalaja Kansi. And you go and get a couple of guys who can disrupt and get after it in the interior. That's how the Niners have, have done things by spending first round picks on their defensive line. That's what essentially the Cowboys have done by spending high picks in the defensive line. It's what the Jets have done. You know, I think maybe the Seahawks have got to do that and they've got to run that scheme. A scheme that they know, a scheme that they're more comfortable with, a scheme that fits some of their players better. And Pete Cowell needs to, to make that call for me. That needs to be made at the end of the season. What do you think? Let me know in the comments section. Don't forget to subscribe and like the video. Until next time, bye for now.